Hey there, and welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast, where we discuss the myths, misconceptions, and most asked questions about sex trafficking. And today, I am so honored because I'm joined by Desiree Dougal, the director of the Elijah Rising Restoration Campus. Desiree joined the Elijah Rising team uh, in June of 2019, but she is certainly not new to the anti-trafficking space in this work, or trauma-informed care for that matter. Mm-hmm. So w- first of all, welcome Desiree. Thank you. So happy to have you on the podcast. We've been looking forward to getting Desiree on the podcast since <laughs> we launched it. Um, so instead of me telling people uh, what you bring to the table, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the experience you bring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you. Definitely not new to this field. Yeah. Um, I've been working in the anti-trafficking community here in Houston for uh, just over 10 years now. Um, so before coming to Elijah Rising, I worked for another organization here in Houston called Redeemed Ministries, um, which has the longest running residential program in the Houston area yeah. and one of the longest running in the country. Um, so I spent time there um, doing all kinds of stuff, you know, educating the community, um, doing outreach in Houston area brothels, and then um, helping them launch their street outreach and running that for several years. Um, I became operations director there in 2015, so went into doing things like case management yeah. and yeah. leading groups in the residence. Um, and at the same time, I also made just a ridiculous decision to go back to school. <laughs> um, and so uh, get a master's uh, that focused on um, vulnerable and exploited populations. Yeah. Uh, my previous education had all been in business. So I had a marketing degree and an MBA, but I really felt like I needed more in-depth ministry training yeah, wow. um, for this kind of work. So uh, just both between schooling and redeemed, um, I got to study with um, just experts in the field of trauma and yeah. psychology in neurobiology and just how all of these things um, affect, you know, long-term exploitation. Right, um, right. And so this last year at Elijah Rising has been awesome. It's been a great opportunity to create a safe space uh, for women who are coming out of explo- exploitation with our yeah. program. Yeah. So you've kind of done it all. I mean, because, you know, you didn't mention you also kind of ran the social enterprise over there a little bit. And yeah. I mean, you really <laughs> I launched that as well <laughs> and ran that for a couple of and, years. And we're yeah. so thankful for Redeemed Ministries. They, they have been in Houston forever. And mm-hmm. I, when, when I first got into this work, they were one of the first organizations that I found out about. And, um, and this, this episode of the podcast isn't specifically about our restorative care mm-hmm. program, but we've really learned a lot from Redeemed. Absolutely. And you coming from them has helped us a lot to build out our own restorative care program at yeah. Elijah Rising. So um, shout out to Redeemed Ministries. We love you guys. <laughs> yes. um, so on today's episode of the mm-hmm. podcast, we want to talk about trauma. Yes. And so that's why you're here. This is your field of research. It's your field of expertise. Um, you, you live trauma care <laughs> on a daily basis um, through our program. But first, before we you know dive into all that, why don't we just lay a foundation? So first question uh, on today's podcast where we really want to answer the larger question of what causes trauma. Mm-hmm. Before we get there, why don't you tell us what is trauma? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a word that gets used a lot, especially in the work that we do. And so um, to just really define that. Yeah, it is um, kind of a buzzword these it days, is, isn't it? It yeah. is. And so it gets used a lot. But um, if we look at just the basic like definition, it's a Greek word. It means wound, yeah. um, which is you know, pretty accurate. But um, that really just refers to uh, the physical sense. You know, we all know what um, 
trauma means as far as like a traumatic injury, but we understand trauma now as being much more than its physical effects. Mm. Um, the American Psychological Association defines trauma now as an emotional response to a terrible event. Yeah, which that brings up, you know, one of the things we want to do with this podcast is talk about myths and misconceptions. Yes. And so, you know, one of the myths around trauma is trauma can only be experienced as a result of some life-threatening yeah. event. So it, is that true? It's not. Um, the event, whatever this terrible event that um, one goes through, it doesn't have to necessarily be life-threatening. Mm. Um, hmm. All of us are experiencing trauma, quite honestly, right now. Yeah. As we go through um, this global pandemic. Right. You know, um, it's something that is causing stress, it's causing anxiety, it's causing fear, and it's causing a shift in our everyday life. Yeah, that's certainly true. It's causing a true. massive shift for a lot of people, and that that's traumatizing. That can be traumatic, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of already leads into you know the the show title, What mm-hmm. Causes Trauma. You kind of go in there already. So mm-hmm. so outside of like a global pandemic, which is what we find ourselves in, outside of, you know, something like being sex trafficked or something mm-hmm. like that. So uh, if if such a large population is experiencing trauma, w- what is it that causes trauma other than that, you know, singular life-threatening event? Sure. Absolutely. So now that we know, you know, kind of trauma can be caused by more than just life-threatening, right. um, we can talk a little bit about something called um, ACEs. The ACEs score. Yes. Yeah, tell us about that. So this is something that's kind of a standard in the in the field of trauma and psychology. It uh, stands for the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. It was conducted over several years in the late 90s. Um, hmm. On children and adults who had gone through um, different different experiences in their childhood and how that affected them later in life as adults. So things that happened in their kind of childhood development process. Yes. Yeah. And, and what kind of experiences and what kind of effects those experiences had on them um, and their health, their, their behaviors once they became adults. Um, so there's a ton of information on that. If you want to look it up, it's, yeah. a, it's a, you know, the CDC has that on their websites. If you're really into Research data. If you want to nerd out on <laughs> but, ACEs. Yes, yeah. which I do, but yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the overall premise of the, the yeah. study. So um, just looking at, um, you know, the questions on the assessment, yeah. and I, I'll go through some of those. Yeah, sure, yeah. What um, are some of those? So if you lived with somebody who had um, depression, mental illness, or suicidality, mm-hmm. um, that's traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, lived with anybody who was a problem drinker or alcoholic... Um, if you ever had the feeling that you didn't have enough in your life, like, uh, were deprived of, you know, food, Mm. uh, didn't have clean clothes, had nobody to protect you. Or if you lived with somebody who had, uh, uh, addiction to street drugs or, or prescriptions, um, somebody who lived with somebody who served time in prison. Oh yeah. Um, were your parents separated or divorced? That's, I mean, a, that's that's traumatic, and that, and that's a large that's segment huge. of the population, right? That's yeah. huge. Um, yeah. How often did you know parents um, abuse one another mm. or you? Um, before yeah. eighteen, did you ever have any kind of physical abuse happen to you? And that doesn't necessarily include spanking, but um, it can mm. certainly. Um, any kind of emotional abuse, like swearing, insulting. Um, being put down, mm. you know, by your parent who's supposed to be a loving right. um, influence on you. Um, 
you know, did anybody older than you, like, you know, an adult or even an older teen in your house, um, sexually abuse you in any way? Of course. Yeah. Um, or somebody that wasn't in your house do that, Yeah. you know, whether it was a family member or not. Um, and did you ever, you know, have any feeling that your family didn't love you? Yeah. Um, so feeling neglected, um, in some way. So, you know, this list has evolved over time. They, sure. they have added other questions to some of these things as other research has done. You know, the death of somebody close to you in your life, witnessing some kind of horrific accident right. um, can be impactful. Being bullied is something that came about in, in years, you know, recent years that has been added to the list because it can be very detrimental sure. um, to a child. Uh, so there's just a number of things that can traumatize especially children, um, and impact them later in life. But, you know, as we look through that list, so what is, you know, because we're a trauma informed organization here at Elijah rising, Mm -hmm. we, uh, our staff has, is understands the ACEs Mm -hmm. score. And some of us, most of us, I think have taken it right. (laughs) Absolutely. So I know my score. Um, and it was really interesting going through that process Mm -hmm. of answering that long list of questions. Like, I wouldn't have associated some of these things with trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, I said a second ago, like it's a buzzword. It's been it thrown is. around a lot. You know, when I started this work and anti-trafficking work, we understood trauma, but not to the scale that we do 10 years later. No. Right. And so I'm wondering, you know, so the way that the assessment works, mm-hmm. you kind of mentioned it, right? You answer these questions and you actually give numbers and you end up with a score. Yes. And, the, and what happens, like the higher the score what is the result of that? The more vulnerable um, somebody is to um, all kinds of things. Yeah. They're more vulnerable to um, uh, addiction, mm. more vulnerable to mental health issues, more vulnerable to um, being preyed upon, yeah. um, like trafficking, yeah. um, just more vulnerable to health issues. This isn't something that just uh, affects people on a uh, mental or emotional level. It's something that affects people's physical health as well. Sure. Yeah. So there are a number of things that uh, you become more vulnerable to the higher your ACEs score is. Yeah, so that kind of leads to my next question too. So when I think a lot of times when we talk about traumas, um, some just assume that that's a physical thing, mm-hmm. like a physical trauma. Absolutely. But the conversation we're having is talking a lot about mental, emotional, mm-hmm. including physical, right? So what's the difference there? What's the difference between those types yeah. of trauma? Absolutely. So... Um, like we just, you know, talked about with the ACEs and, and COVID-19 and stuff, these are definitely emotional traumas. Um, they cause us to be fearful, anxious. We can lose control of thoughts and emotions. Mm. Um, you know, emotional toll, like I said, just can, you know, it can take a whole toll on our physical health, uh, when it goes untreated, certainly. And so we have to be very aware that it's not something we can just expect people to get over. Yeah, you can't just all. muscle through it. And no, you can't just power through it and be okay. We can't tell people like, oh, just you know, um, think positively. Yeah, pray your way through it. Yeah, be be happier. <laughs> yes, be happier. Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> any of those kind of things. But yeah, yeah. Um, just like that Greek original word means wound. Yeah, good. There's yeah. definitely physical trauma. Um, you know, tra- traumatic injury is one that is severe. And requires immediate medical attention. And these things obviously happen all the time. Right. Um, they happen in, you know, car accidents, at work, at home. Um, it's what we call 911 for, you know, yeah. for the most part. And, um, you know, we also hear about things like traumatic brain injury. 
right. uh, which is definitely a thing. And it can, and it can ex- exhibit a lot of the same symptoms as emotional trauma. Oh, interesting. Um, so you'll see sometimes, you know, things like seizures, dizziness, migraines, fatigue, but it also can um, cause a lot of emotional dysregulation as well. Right. Like that distress um, right. and anxiety and stuff. Um, traumatic brain injury or TBI, as it's a lot of times known, um, really came to prominence in the last few years um, as they started seeing it in um, military returning yeah. Yeah. Um, who had PTSD, but it was also a deeper issue of, of brain injury. And then also in the NFL um, right. years back as they started realizing that um, these repetitive concussions and, and things like that were not just... Um, you know, uh, a short term, yeah, a cognitive issue. No, but, these were yeah. these were causing lasting effects. Yeah, long term um, issues. Yeah, and, and traumatic brain injury. Yeah. And it's also just it's not uncommon for us to see that in the women that we serve as well. Yeah, as yeah. just a result of abuse through what you know in what they've gone through. Yeah, you know, PTSD is another. I guess it's not a word, it's an acronym, but it's a buzzword of sorts, right? PTSD. And we really started hearing about that, at least at a larger societal level, um, at least in my experience, like during the Iraq war, right? Yes. And so we start hearing about soldiers and they're suffering from PTSD and Mm -hmm. the response to that. And I mean, it's very real. And so I think we have this idea that trauma is PTSD is associated with like, yeah, like Yes. An IED on the side of the road exploding right in a Humvee or, you know, something like that. Um, Just for example. Um, So PTSD, though, stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. But there's something else to consider, right? Something now that we're talking about is complex PTSD. Absolutely. So what is the difference between those two things? So post-traumatic stress disorder, absolutely. Um, It really, the phrase kind of became coined after... um, I want to say the Vietnam War. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so it started being recognized that, um, you know, soldiers were coming back with these um, um, mental symptoms, yeah. you know, that they weren't recovering from quickly. Um, and so it is a lot of times, though, that either singular or one or two, you know, these these traumatic things that have been witnessed or gone through mm. um, that... Uh, Symptoms persist for more than thirty days and 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 forward. Oh, okay. so um, it's very real. It's something that um, doesn't ha- just happen to military, though. We see it a lot of times in police officers and firefighters and um, all kinds of emergency personnel, medical personnel, but also in just normal people who've been through um, a really major car accident mm. or had um, you know somebody witnessed somebody experience a violent death or just any kind of severe life-altering event. Yeah. Um, and it's just, they struggle to get past the psychological distress and the anxiety and the fear. Yeah. Um, you know, it just continues to, yeah. to stay in their life. Would you say that women who are being prostituted, women who are experiencing sex trafficking, are they experiencing complex PTSD? Yes, they are to experience what's called complex PTSD, not just um, uh, the PTSD that we just talked about. Right. Um, PTSD is something that certainly happens after like a rape. Right. Okay. Um, they've had uh, some. A woman has had like a a horrific trauma, um, and she would might experience PTSD after that. 
Um, but when we get into uh, what these women who have been trafficked or undergone long-term abuse of some kind, domestic violence victims, things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. we get into what's called complex PTSD or complex trauma. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because it's happening repeatedly. Yes. Repeatedly. So, yeah. So that... Um, Complex trauma is, is that when we have those horrible events happen to us over and over and over and over again. Right. And so it's not something that, um, it's something that develops over a long extended period of time. Right. And it can happen through things like neglect, um, mm. abuse, or like we said, with the trafficking. Um, so the difference is that single event versus long-term experience. Uh, long-term exposure to whatever this trauma is Um, and the treatment and recovery for PTSD versus complex PTSD are very different um, and they have very different timelines. Yeah. And so we actually, we're going to do our next episode of the podcast. We're going to talk about trauma-informed care Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to dive into that a little bit more. So just hang with us on the podcast. We're going to come right back around to what Desiree just mentioned there. So, yeah, I mean, that's really the life of many individuals who are being trafficked, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, many women who are being prostituted are experiencing something like a rape on, you know, maybe seven times a day, right? For years, yes. potentially. And so we're seeing complex PTSD, mm-hmm. I mean, over and over over again. Okay, well, we're going to take a break in the podcast uh, now, but we're going to come right back, hang with us. Um, we're going to come back and continue this conversation uh, with Desiree. And we're going to talk uh, a little bit more about who has trauma. We've already been kind of talking about that, but we're also going to talk about um, how someone can know if they've experienced trauma. So we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I hope you are enjoying today's episode of the Elijah Rising podcast. Right now, I'm standing in the Elijah Rising store that sells goods that empower survivors of sex trafficking. All the items in this shop, the purchases support the employment as well as the restoration of women that are in our program. So please come visit us at 11th and Studewood or online at shop.elijahrising.org. And today on your first purchase, we're going to offer you $10 off if you shop online using code podcast. Welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast. Again, uh, I'm joined by Desiree, the director of our restoration program here at Elijah Rising. And we're talking about what causes trauma. Um, One of our goals with the podcast is just to answer these myths and misconceptions Mm -hmm. and most frequently asked questions around sex trafficking. And trauma definitely is one of these issues that's right um, in, in the middle of this trafficking situation and, and ending it and responding to it, right? Um, so one of the myths and misconceptions about trauma is only weak or overly sensitive people experience trauma. Yeah. So you're the expert here today. <laughs> is that a true? Is that true? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Why absolutely not? not. Um, so we talked about a little bit before the break, you know, that um, everybody experiences trauma. Right. You yep. know, most all of us have trauma of some kind, but, um, you know, we talked about, you know, military women, men and women, you know, experiencing trauma, um, emergency personnel, police officers, people like that, that, um, you know, are some of the strongest people out there, you know, they're doing some of the hardest work that can be done responding to critical situations every day. And, um, they can be traumatized by what happens, you know, doctors, um, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, people 
every day. It doesn't yeah. matter how um, sensitive or yeah. tough you think somebody is. Um, anybody can be traumatized, yeah. you know, by something horrific. That Yeah, and you just make me think, you know, we're in the midst of this global pandemic with COVID-19, and it, it really has reshaped society. Mm-hmm. And when we look at who the strongest among us are right now in the middle of this thing, who would we say? I mean, it's, it's our medical professionals who Gosh, are on yeah. the front lines who are... Yeah. literally putting their lives at risk every single day, yeah. would anyone say that they're just being overly sensitive or weak? Exactly. And they're certainly experiencing trauma, right? They're watching their patients die in absolutely. front of them and, and all these other... They're isolated from their families. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's absolutely... Um, yeah. Those are not weak people. <laughs> they're not weak people, right? Yeah, it's, this all. is just the product of a fallen, broken world that, yeah. we, that we live in. So absolutely. I, I want to ask a question... I, who experiences trauma? We, we've kind of already answered yeah. that. It's basically everybody at varying degrees, Absolutely. of course. Um, so let's maybe talk about is, is trauma just an individual isolated thing? Is there such a thing as a communal trauma? Could we experience trauma together? Absolutely. Um, you know, yes, trauma is something we can experience on an individual level, Um but there is definitely communal trauma, community mm. trauma, um, you know, like what's going on right now with the global pandemic. Sure. Um, but just thinking in, you know, in my own lifetime, 9-11. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, right? The entire United States was traumatized, yeah. you know, by what happened in that time. And, um, you know, it, people struggled thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people struggled with that for months and some even years, you know, with the images, with, um, Mm. you know, the fear Mm. of, of a terrorist attack on us soil. Um, and we're, we're incapacitated by that. Um, even if they weren't directly on site, you know, it was, it was something that was very real, um, in our lifetimes, you know, and, uh, it's not the only time something like that's happened. You know, yeah. this is just a more, you know, recent reference. Um, that's such a good example, Desiree, because e- when you bring up 9-11... E- I mean, I have goosebumps right now just yeah. thinking about it because I remember it so vividly. I start seeing the images in my yeah. head. Yeah. You know, I and specifically, and hopefully this isn't too heavy, but specifically the first image that popped into my head when you mentioned 9-11 was the picture of the people jumping out of yeah, the building the towers because jumping out was better than, than the what fire was happening. Yeah. And it's like, it's this response where it's like, I remember, I remember exactly where I was the moment that I found out 100%. when I first saw those images, I, yeah. I feel the way I felt yeah. in that moment. Are those indicators of a, of a trauma? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? You know, that, um, is now, you know, 19 years past, yeah. but, um, it affected us. It affected everybody in this country and even people outside of this country. Right. You know, it was such a, um, it was such a dramatic and terrifying thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that absolutely, you know, we can be traumatized as a, um, country or as a community, you know, cities, riots happening in a city or things like that. I mean, these, we aren't necessarily always experiencing our trauma as an individual. I mean, it can absolutely be a community event. A collective experience, yeah. So um, to that point, yeah, I'm just describing my own trauma. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
How can someone know if they are experiencing, have experienced trauma, are experiencing trauma? How, how can someone identify that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like we were just describing, you know, feelings yeah. um, that we're having. Um, we can, if we're having feelings of constantly reliving, you know, those images just going back and forth in our, over and over again in our minds yeah. um, is definitely a, an indicator that we are struggling with whatever this is. You yeah. know, if we are replaying an event over and over in our minds or a fear, um, a fear outcome yeah. over and over in our minds, that's certainly an ex- um, a symptom that, that, like, that we could like be being traumatized. Fe- like a fear that's going to happen again? Yes, this mean? impending doom scenario mm. playing out over and over in our minds or or the replay of whatever the trauma was. Right. You know, these things, uh, you know, having flashbacks to the event um, or dreams, mm. you know, that, um, that relive the event. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have trouble sleeping, you know, um, disruptions in sleep, worry, constant worry and anxiety. Um, we might isolate to mm. avoid um, re-experiencing anything um, that could remind us of whatever it is. Um, and that can look like a lot of things. Sure. Not just holding up in a room. It could be isolating by um, diving into, you know, TV or mm. something like that that just completely shuts out, um, you know, anything, any outside yeah. um, indicators. So um, a lot of these kind of things can be indicators that we might be experienced some kind of experiencing trauma or if we see somebody else going through these things, um, they might be having a, a traumatic reaction. Yeah. So I'm going to use another buzzword here. We're talking about triggers. Yes. Right. So um, what is... what? We use that word all the time. Yeah. What, what is a trigger? So a trigger is a, a legitimate thing, and I know it is something that gets overused. Yeah. And, and um, you know, uh, again, like you said, a buzzword. But, um, you know, we do encounter um, things that can um, bring out an, a, a strong reaction in, in us that can trigger a feeling or a... Um, um, an impending, you know, doom type mm. situation, or that can take us to a flashback or a or a um, moment, yeah. you know, where we're, we begin again reliving that experience. Yeah. Um, so, hmm. triggers are very real. And do we see? I know the answer to this question, but do we see this in individuals who have been sex trafficked? Absolutely. Yeah. So what would be an example? Obviously, we're not going to disclose any, you know, thing, but um, what would be an example of someone who has exited the life, you know, that may be in a program like ours? What would this, what would this look like? That, that, that trauma, that trigger, how might they respond to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, a woman who's triggered could do any number of things. Um, She might completely shut down. Hmm. Um, and just uh, dissociate. You know, she might just um, go blank. Yeah. And and you know, start in her mind. You know, we can see that she's kind of, so to speak, left the building. Right. You know, and right. and in her head, um, she is spinning through, through. You know, whatever the circumstance was, um, she might have a panic attack, mm. um, or um, you know, some kind of uh, uh, hysterical you know, mm. episode of some kind, they, they look any number of ways. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it is very real. Yeah. So, um, 
we've established a lot in a short time <laughs> on this podcast, yeah. right? We've talked, I mean, your, your childhood development and experience, um, some things that are totally out of your control can, re- can result in trauma. Absolutely. Uh, you can experience an event, you can witness an event, you can be a part of an event mm-hmm. individually or collectively, right, uh, that can cause trauma. Um, some experience varying degrees of trauma all the way to complex PTSD, uh, such as, you know, victims of trafficking who are experiencing a, a trauma repeatedly. Yeah. So, um, and we've talked a little bit about symptoms and triggers. I guess we should really ask the question then, what should someone do when they recognize that they have experienced trauma or they're currently experiencing trauma, when should we seek help? I guess is what I'm asking. When should we seek help? Um, If we realize that we are in some kind of severe emotional distress, you know, if we know that there's something that's happened, there's something that's going on that we are really having a struggle with and it's not getting better. Yeah. You know, that, that, you know, a few days is going by and it's not something that's getting, um, that's decreasing in intensity and it's just, it's just not going away, yeah. you know, then, um, we may be really ha- facing an issue of trauma. Yeah. Um, and we want to reach out as quickly as possible so that we don't get to a point where we feel like hurting ourselves or get to a point where, um, we might hurt somebody else, right. um, especially right now where we're all quarantined. We're all struggling right now, um, in an isolated state. Um, so yeah, we definitely want to reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's difficult right now. So, um, we're kind of drawn to an end of the podcast here. So maybe, uh, do you have any resources that we could mention or share with the absolutely. listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there are both phone and internet resources available right now, um, since we're not, you know, right, leaving person. our homes. Yeah, right. Um, but there are some great hotlines. Um, the ones that um, I'm going to mention right now are all 24 7, 365, and they are operating right now. Great. So uh, there's SAMHSA, which is the uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. They have a 24 hour um, hotline that is still up and running. Awesome. Um, and they are available and have trauma response. So the National Suicide Prevention Health Line is also currently running. Um, there is a crisis response line for specifically for kids and teenagers. Oh, great. Which is great. Um, you just text CONNECT. Um, to 741741. Absolutely. And I haven't yeah. listed the other phone numbers just because I know we're going to put them up. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll put all of these uh, websites' phone numbers in, yes. the, in the show notes. So in case you're wondering like, hey, give me the number. We're, yeah. You can, you can find that yes. in the details, but keep going. Absolutely. Keep going. Yeah. There's also, also the National Hope Line Network hmm. um, that also is 24-7. There are a ton of other resources online as well, numbers that you can look up um, that are available, say, Monday through Friday, business hours, things like that. I wanted to offer ones that are available 24-7 just off the top. Um, There's also online counseling um, going on right now, which is great. You know, Mm -hmm. so people aren't losing access to their mental health um, resources. But these are are specifically websites that do all online counseling. So um, Talkspace.com, BetterHelp.com, and TeenCounseling.com all offer online counseling and um, tons others, again, but um, a lot of these off also offer sliding scale payment yeah, rates yeah. so that they can be affordable. Um, 
So yeah. absolutely lots of resources out yeah. there um, yeah. to reach out to. And if you're, if you're listening and you know, you've heard something here that you think that maybe, man, maybe I'm experiencing trauma. Maybe I, maybe it's time to seek help. We, we encourage you to use those resources and, and you're always welcome to reach out to us, email us, you know, we can also offer other um, resources or if you have questions, mm-hmm. you know, we can help with that too. Um, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, and if you follow the work of Elijah Rising, we do operate a restorative care campus mm-hmm. as part of our work to end sex trafficking. Um, and Desiree here, you're the director of that program, uh, which is, it's really, it's, it's more than a program, really. Uh, we're talking about individual, real human beings yeah. uh, who have experienced complex trauma uh, and uh, as a result of their sexual exploitation, you know, I think sometimes we talk about these programs and we talk about the movement to end sex trafficking, which is all great. Yeah. But we're talking about individual, real human lives who have gone through this and are still working out their journey of, of healing. Absolutely. So um, I want to take the end of the podcast here to just give you an opportunity to tell us what's going on at the Elijah Rising Restoration Campus uh, in these unprecedented social distancing pandemic right. days. If you absolutely. wouldn't mind, just give us an update. What's, what's going <laughs> so, on So Yeah, there? absolutely. So just like everybody else, we are under self-quarantine. Yeah. Um, we actually started that probably about a week earlier than a lot of places simply because, um, you know, the women we serve um, don't always have the best immune systems. You know, sure. physical healing is part of our holistic care program, um, but not everybody has had the opportunity to, um, you know, have all of their medical appointments and things like that. You know, everybody's in different stages. Sure. So um, we kind of pulled back on on public um, a little early. Yeah. But so everybody is at home um, and uh, both staff and um, residents. So we, we just, we have a revised rotation schedule for staff um, just to kind of help with um, what's going on at the campus with everybody stuck at home. It's obviously affected um, uh, how our groups and, and mm. um, mm-hmm. classes are able to go on, things like that, just because obviously we can't have outside people in right. and we're not able to take them to a lot of the places that um, they would normally go. Um, everybody being home all the time, you know, our utility bills are up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> our grocery bills are up because yeah. stress and anxiety. Yeah. Um, everybody's bored. You know, yeah. there's a lot of boredom. We're, we're coming up, we're trying to do our best to come up with activities, but they're bored. And, you know, um, trauma and boredom don't really go well together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of time to be in their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not really a happy place most of the time. Yeah. We've postponed medical appointments, like I said, so there's going to be a lot of um, rescheduling t- that's backed up, you know, once all this is over. So, yeah. you know, and there's... Um, with additional staff comes, you know, with the bulked up staff comes, you know, overtime and things like that. So sure. there's a lot going on. Yeah. So, you know, we, um, we are an essential service during this time. And um, as I said, this is more than just a program. It's actual human beings that have needs. And um, in case you're not familiar with our restoration program, uh, it's offered at no cost to uh, the women who live in the residence. Mm-hmm. We cover all of their needs. Um, and we do that through, through partners and, and donors um, giving and, and partnering with the work that we're doing. And so if uh, hopefully this conversation about trauma has been really informative and helpful yeah. to you uh, or someone you might know, hopefully you've learned something. Um, but we also just want to take this opportunity to invite you into 
the work that we're doing and partnering with us to continue to provide mm-hmm. a safe, stable, long-term restorative care environment uh, for women who've survived exploitation, sex trafficking, and trauma, uh, yeah. complex trauma. And so uh, if, if you feel moved to do that, we just invite you to partner with us and, and donate today. You can do that on our website at Eli- uh, ElijahRising.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram um, and there's something else that we do that's a part of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we don't always clearly connect the program and the social enterprise, but they are connected, right? The social yes. enterprise pr- um, provides job opportunities, job training skills, all sorts of things. Um, and so if you want to shop the store, it is closed uh, physically right now, but it's open online. And Absolutely. you can find that shop.elijahrising.org and you can help support us that way as Absolutely. well. Uh Otherwise, subscribe to the podcast, Uh, rate it, go on YouTube. If you're listening to us right now, there is a video version of this podcast available on YouTube. We invite you to uh, check us out there. For any other information, feel free to reach out to us. You can find all of our contact info on the website and in the show notes. With that said, have a great day, stay safe, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Elijah Rising Podcast.